Lays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm recording this right after the game. Uh, so this episode is going to be a kind of a my thoughts type of episode. I mean, obviously I give a lot of my thoughts on this show, but just knee-jerk reaction, nothing prepared, just want to Review the game, and then obviously we're going to look forward to the offseason that is now upon us. If you do not know by the tone I have said on this show, Hawks did fall in the final seconds after rallying back from double digits in the fourth quarter to lose game five in Miami by three, 97-94. Couldn't even get the ball inbound and get a shot off with five seconds left to Win the game. I mean, they had to inbound in the corner, which is a tough spot to inbound the ball. But the whole game was kind of symbolic of the Hawks' season. And even though, you know, there was ebbs and flows, there was the good, the collapses, the struggle to claw back in the end, fall short. And it was just an epitome of the Hawks' season, you know, with injuries, whether it was bogey, you know, being out before the game. Uh, even started, even on the other side, Jimmy Butler, who was a late scratch tonight, and Kyle Lowry was already going to be listed as out for the Miami Heat. You lose bulky before the game, which is a symbolic of the injuries they had in the offseason, you know, coming into this season for the Hawks. And then Capella, how bounce out in the game, re-aggravating that right knee that he injured in the play-in game versus Cleveland. And, I mean, having injuries at the worst times and that was the epitome of the season and then just the uncharacteristic things that happened for the Hawks throughout the season like just Trey just being off this entire series DeAndre Hunter being the leading scorer of the series for the Atlanta Hawks the team that had the fewest number of turnovers per game in the NBA were outdone by turnovers in this series. And a lot of people are going to be talking about Fire Nick McMillan. Uh, and especially, I mean, the last play. The last play, you know, his game management. I know Allen, our friend Allen Srokey talked that there were three fireball offenses in the last 40 seconds for Nick McMillan. I mean, the sixth foul on DeAndre Hunter was very questionable. I thought they should have potentially... Challenge that because P.J. Tucker obviously got some pointers from Denzel Washington and had a wonderful acting job on that play to get that sixth foul to really just even had a symbolic. We finally see what DeAndre Hunter could be when he puts it all together, putting on the floor, shooting the three, defending. You know, 35 points, 11 rebounds, and three steals tonight. Playoff career high in points for 
DeAndre Hunter. So and it, and to see that and for him to bow out because of getting a sixth foul. I mean, just showing just how close this team is with the inconsistency throughout the game, the ebbs and flow. They still put themselves in a position to potentially win this game and faltered at the end. Late game execution, which has been a theme all year. Uh, for the Hawks, has been a thorn in their side. The lack of offensive creativity, that is something else that has been plaguing this team all year long. Not having a second true option next to Trey Young. You know, Bogey being out really hurt us. And I even tweeted out before the game, when I saw that Bogey was out, I said, Herder must step up. He has to score his season average. And he fell short of his season average of points, 12 points tonight. 41 minutes for Trey Young, 11.6 assists, 8 rebounds, 0 of 5 from 3, 2 of 12 from the field, missed some free throws, and even one big one down the stretch that could have made it potentially a two-point game, I think. It was a three- or two-point game. I can't remember. Uh, but just just tough, just tough pill to swallow. And I said going into you know today on the episode earlier, that if the Hawks fought hard and they fall short, I can't be that upset. Now, you know, you see everything as clearly as we can as far as going into the offseason. But there's going to be decisions that need to be made. And credit to the Miami Heat, who had a wonderful defensive game plan on Trey Young all series and stifling this Hawks team. I mean, the Hawks team tonight, I said they had to move the ball. 15 team assists is not going to cut it. They had to take care of the ball. 19 turnovers tonight. It's not going to cut it. Try to get into the paint. They got almost doubled in points in the paint. It's not going to cut it. They won the glass. They did better in the free throw line. They did shoot better from three-point range than Miami. But overall, Miami shot a little bit better from the field. And again, I have to say, just the execution, the turnovers, Trey Young, and they're going to talk about it all summer. And Mike Conti spoke to this, you know, the 92.9 FM here in Atlanta. For the season that Trey had, statistically, and just the ascension in his game as a game manager, uh, picking and choosing his spots, you know, obviously getting more efficient from the floor, you know, his passing took another step this year. I mean, he's still an all-NBA guard. I'm not going to walk back second-team all-NBA because he's had a remarkable season. But to end the way that he did in this series on a big stage in the first round, you give him a Herculean effort in that playing game to beat Cleveland and get us into the playoffs as the eighth seed and Lord knows that at times we didn't even feel, feel like we deserved the eighth seed this year. But I just hope that it doesn't kill his perception. He is, you know, one of the top 12 players in the NBA, in my opinion. I think he's top 12 right now. I mean, top 15 to be safe, but I say he's top 12 right now. He's He played at another, another level this year with guards being, you know, in and out of lineups and being hurt this year. Yeah, everybody talks about Ja. Ja's been great this year. Everyone, you know, they love to mention Luka Doncic and others, but they don't talk about Trey Young. And I want to give Trey Young his flowers 
for this season. If no one else does because of this playoff performance, and I don't blame you if you don't. I don't blame you at all. But that this season definitely showed everybody that, you know what, Trey Young is fun to play with. It goes back to the next point. He just needs help. He just needs a second scoring option. And for Bogey to be out, that is extremely tough. Extremely tough for us. Again, someone had to step up. DeAndre Hunter stepped up, but we needed Trey to ascend this game. We needed to. Gallo gave us 12 off the bench. Okongwu woke up in the fourth quarter, finished with eight points, five rebounds. Uh, DeLon Wright steady again, seven points, seven rebounds, three assists. He certainly has earned a spot back on his team next year. Uh, no doubt about it. I think you keep bogey as our sixth man. We need him. Okongu obviously is a mainstay. Gallinari's yet to be determined to see. I mean, I think potentially we could move on from him, and he's definitely expendable in someone who, if we trade his contract after the next season, you know, we'll be off the books. So Gallo is definitely a movable piece. You make a decision on John Collins. Uh, John Collins did not play down the stretch, played 26 minutes tonight. I mean, admittedly, I was at work, so I didn't get to see all of his 26 minutes. Uh, but certainly his usage this year was a very was a big disappointment. It was a big disappointment, and especially because I love his game. I love how great of a teammate he is, but for him to just not be utilized in an effective way, and when we've seen that he gets his touches and he gets his shot attempts that he can be a 20-plus score. He can. But, I mean, he has his limitations, you know, putting the ball on the floor and getting to the basket, which I would love for him to be able to add that to his game, which is what we saw from DeAndre Hunter tonight and why DeAndre Hunter is a mainstay on his team. A lot of people were critical of him throughout the series, but he was our leading scorer in the series for the most part, and had his best game when it mattered in the end outside of the five, the six fouls. Sorry. I mean, like I said, symbolic of the whole year. The potential is there. We have the pieces, but this was an evaluation season. And it's now time for Travis Schlenk and the trust as far as management goes for the Atlanta Hawks to make decisions this off season. I'm going to continue to say this an offensive assistant that is, great at creating sets and getting players to get balls in their spots is a must this offseason. And potentially, as I foresee the fire name of Millen Roars to just simmer throughout the entire summer. I don't think he'll be, you know, let go this year, but it will definitely simmer. And he definitely has some very flagrant uh, examples of where you'd be like, okay, why did you do this, you know, as a coach? I mean, but we have to make a decision. I know people have talked about Kyle Korver, who is a former Atlanta Hawk, who has played with a lot of stars, has bounced around the league, and, you know, they do great jobs of creating off-ball sets to get him in catch-and-shoot opportunities. That's an element in this offense that I would like to see and obviously continue to have the pick-and-roll with Trey and a big is obviously a mainstay in his offense, but creating off ball opportunities and having off ball movement where the offense is working in sync. And it's not just a two, three person dance. It's the whole team. It's team offense 
uh, that is something that maybe Kyle Corver could provide. I know Kenny Atkinson, I've seen it, been out there on Twitter. I know people talk about D'Antoni, and I said, D'Antoni, depending on the personnel and everything, I don't know if it'll work, especially if you try to put another star next to Trey Young that's in the backcourt, have to be creative and run off-ball actions because we don't want a situation like Chris Paul. I mean, yeah, Chris Paul and James Harden or Russell Westbrook and James Harden in Houston, you don't want that situation where it's essentially four on five and the other primary ball handler is kind of checked out, you know, in in the corner or something like that. We don't want those type of offenses, but we need true team offense, some movement, ball movement, physical off-ball movement to make Trey Young's reads easier, to get people some clean looks, just to have a second or third option off of the pick and roll to just make the offense flow a little bit more and make the defense defend so they can't just sit back on the lobs or Trey Young's floaters and all that. This is the evolution that this team needs to go. That is step one. Like I said, I think we keep Nick McMillan, but get an offensive assistant that is, you know, from a great offensive system in the NBA Poach him, get him down here to Atlanta. And potentially, if Naaman Millen struggles and the, the fire Naaman Millen crowd continues to roar, especially if the Hawks get out the gate slow next year, even if it's through All-Star break, you have your coach in the wings, if you would like to say, sitting on your bench. And, I mean, you look at the Warriors, who had Mark Jackson with them young crop at the time in Golden State and had to move on from him to bring in Steve Kerr and how things changed and the culture changed and it started the dynasty that we we know today that is the Golden State Warriors who are looking scary out there west um, as they are about to enter to the second round. I know Denver extended that series, but I think Golden State's going to come home and close it out. But they had to make that necessary move and I think – Getting a Steve Kerr type coach after a Nick McMillan is what's needed. And just get him on the staff. I mean, we did that with Lloyd Pierce. Brought Nick McMillan into the fold with Lloyd Pierce there. And then when once we let Lloyd Pierce go, put in Nick McMillan. Coaching the wing was in the room. And at this point, when you look at the staff, and I don't have a list in front, but just off the top of my head, no one on that staff says next coach for the Atlanta Hawks. So why would we fire Damon Miller at this point? And the season's not over yet as far as the playoffs goes. So it could be an assistant that we may not be able to interview yet. So at this point, it is a time to reflect, a time to look at the season as a whole, look at the last two years as a whole, Look at the highs, look at the lows, and see what we can be in the middle and be above that. What is the bar? I think the future is really bright for this team. I think so. But I think some roster shakeups will happen. I think Herder, unfortunately, is expendable. I think Gallo's expendable. Capella is expendable for the right price. John Collins is expendable. I think those four players are the ones that one or a combination of two of them could potentially go to make way for a second star to be next to Trey Young, or as I said, to get a defensive enforcer on his team to help improve defense 
we need a Draymond Green. We need a Marcus Smart. We need a P.J. Tucker. Those type of players, you know, they are a diamond dozen. But we need to go get that player to really add some physical and mental toughness to this team. I'm not questioning the mental fortitude of these athletes for the Hawks, but we need that type of alpha to challenge everybody on defense, to bark on defense, make the calls, get people in the right decision uh, situations and spacing, and making you know calling out screens, just keeping things organized. And maybe they see Okongwu fitting into that as he continues to f- physically mature and play more games. But I think we need someone else to kind of show him the ropes. And Clint Capella was doing that, but, I mean, even he took a step back, I think, with the Achilles coming into the season. And he didn't look as explosive this season. I mean, we've had a lot of injuries, and I continue to say that, hey, we had a really short offseason. A lot of people were injured going into the offseason. They didn't get to work on their game, so they kind of got thrown back into the season with not as much rest, not as much time to work on their game. And it led to the start that we had. And it really took us playing games and getting games on our, under our belt to really get into a rhythm and get us into a position to, you know, fight and claw. It took too long. And a lot of people want to blame Nate McMillan, but there was a lot of other circumstances that outside of Nate McMillan that played to this year. So all that's going to be taken into consideration. We have plenty of time to reflect. We're going to have to look forward to the draft. Obviously, the rest of the playoffs kind of kick back and watch that. We're going to be still active here at um, Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks, trying to figure out what's going to happen this offseason, trying to forecast what changes and what are the needs for this team. I spoke to them here on this podcast, but, you know, as more information becomes available and time moves forward and things happen, you know, we're going to get a clearer picture of what type of team do we want to walk into the 2022-23 NBA season to take the next step. Certainly, we're not far away. We're not far away. I mean, we were fourth, fourth, fifth last year, eighth this year. We need them to just make a move to really propel us into that top six in the Eastern Conference. We already have one of the best players in the NBA and Trey Young. Who's going to be that guy? Who wants to come to Atlanta? I've thrown out Pascal Siakam, Rudy Gobert. I know a lot of people want to say Donovan Mitchell. But there's, as more information becomes available, who knows who's going to be available this offseason. So it's going to be a fun one. And we're going to try to get people here on the show to talk about where to go here for the Atlanta Hawks. And is as I'm watching the post game right now, is this Gallo's last game here in Atlanta? Is this John Collins' last game in Atlanta? I know Lou Will, and you know, hats off to the career of Lou Will, the Gwinnett County product. He is is he about to retire? That's gonna open up a, a roster spot for the Atlanta Hawks. So as disappointing as it was this year, bring back the lawn right. I'm I'm gonna say that now. Bring back the lawn right. Come on now. But there are some players that are expendable on this team. You know, I don't know the contract situation. I gotta go back and look at the Kevin Knoxes and the TLCs, but we have a chance to revamp this roster again, make some trades, clear some space. Try to coax some free agents that want to come down and say, hey, man, I want to play with Trey Young. Because, hey, even though, you know, we know Trey can have those 30, 35, 40, 45, 50-point games with a bunch of assists, I mean, you here comes a term, as they talked about early in, the, in his career, empty stats. 
You don't want a lot of empty stats because we don't want to tarnish the man's legacy. This man has grown as a basketball player every single year. And his work ethic and his commitment to excellence should not be taken for granted, should not be belittled because of this playoff series. Certainly there's some things he's going to learn from this and all the great ones do. He's going to take, you know, the lumps and bruises, the physicality of this series for the Miami Heat, just like they did with Jordan back in the day with the bad boy Pistons. You know, Steph Curry went through this as well. This is going to be that series. I think the year that's going to toughen Trey Young even more. That's going to shift his priority. He already has that killer instinct, but take it to the next level of, hey, how can I get better? How can I improve? We got to get through this. We got to get through that. These are the challenges we have in the Eastern Conference. How are we going to break through that glass ceiling and get to the NBA Finals? I think this was that year that's going to. We've seen him ascend. He's an all-star. He's an all-NBA player, as he should be. We'll see that. That's yet to be determined. That's probably going to be an episode in itself. But what can I do to get better? What Talk to management. And you are the star player in this team. Who do we need? Who's available? This is, I mean, we're not saying that Trey Young needs to be the GM like LeBron, but certainly submit a list of players you're interested in. I mean, y'all, y'all play 2K. Y'all play 2K. Y'all remember when y'all had the power to do that when you're the star player on 2K and do that? That was fun. Try to see who you could pair with yourself uh, on my team. But uh, I mean, sorry, my player. But this is Trey Young's opportunity to do that. And let's see who's available. Let's go out and let's make that blockbuster trade that's unaccustomed here in Atlanta. Let's let's have a a bigger splash of free agency. It's not a deep free agent class. So trades may be the way, maybe some pieces here and there that the Hawks could definitely get, you know, as far as signing them to this roster. I think DeLon Wright should stay in Atlanta Hawk uniform, but that's yet to be determined. We'll see what's out there. We'll continue to comb through free agency. And we're going to be following here at Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks. And if you love what you heard from me today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share it and tell everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. Tell everybody, you know who it is. Your boy Brad. Brad Harden. Running the show. And you know what? I have a whole offseason to get ready and get better and improve myself to give you guys good content. I'm still going to be here in the offseason, but you know what I'm saying. So, before I continue to, you know, bring this program further up as far as in the minds of Hawks fans. And, you know, I definitely appreciate you guys reaching out on Twitter. I have some really good followers who do follow me. We have really good debates and I really appreciate y'all. You guys don't understand. But, you know, we're going to keep this thing going. We're going to continue to get better. So, you know, drill. Tell Hawks fans, NBA fans, Georgia sports fans, basketball fans, ceiling fans, your cousin, them, your partner, them, whoever, about my show and have them follow us on Twitter at Ethos Hawks. On Twitter, that's at Ethos Hawks. And then follow myself on Twitter at Brad Jarrett67. That is Brad J A R R E T T 67. This was no script. This was raw, off the dome, knee jerk reaction. As far as, you know what, evaluating the season, evaluating the game. I know I could. we could really go into depth talking about that last possession. We could really go into depth talking about the sixth foul, the non-challenge by Nick McMillan, the, the, the non-timeouts throughout the series. We could really go on and on, but you know what? 
those were all products of this season. And we've talked about it at nauseum on the show. And now it's time to reflect. And now it's time to move on. And look at the roster. Look at the coaching staff. And look to Travis Schlank and say, hey, what you going to do about it this offseason? We'll be here the whole time. We'll catch you guys next time. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.